0: Does anybody know why today may be significant just randomly? Yeah. Well good, y'all don't know. We're going to keep going. That's even more the better. Here we go. I have um, often been brought these little things here and I thought this was funny. Now I need y'all to understand that in no way is this biblical and I'm not, I'm not trying to convince you that this is the way things work in heaven, okay? Okay. It's a joke. It's meant to be funny, okay? Don't take it as the gospel truth, because I don't mean it as the gospel truth. It's a joke. It may not be funny, so that may confuse you. But I thought it was. Me and Mr. Archer thought it was, okay? A taxi driver and a minister arrived in heaven at the same time. The taxi driver was, was led to a um, big old fine fancy suite, we'll say. And the minister was given a small room. I don't get it, the minister said. All he did was drive a cab. I was in the ministry for decades, preached all them messages. St. Peter looks at him and says, up here, we go by the results. While you preached, people slept. While he drove, people prayed. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) We ain't the only ones that thought it was funny, Mr. Archer. I like I like laughter. I like humor, um, and I, I think God's okay with that. I'm gonna be as honest with you as I can be this morning. If you came up here and looked at my notes, you'd go, "Now what we gonna talk about?" Because <laughs> it is a mess. But it is a mess because I thought all week, I, "That's the one. That's the one. That's the one." And while I was laying in the bed last night, almost asleep, I was actually praying. And and God spoke to me and showed me what we're supposed to be doing So amid cooking breakfast this morning for the marriage class I sat down and took some notes so I would have something to go by And you can tell it by looking at my notepad But I promise you it's what God wants for us We will begin in Hebrews chapter 11 We will begin in Hebrews chapter 11 We will read the first three verses Very familiar for most of you Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Let's pray. Father and our God, we do thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. I thank you, Lord, for this message that you have given me. And I pray, God, that you would remove me, that you would hide me behind the cross, that you would not allow my opinions to fall out this morning, Father, but that every word spoken from my mouth would be words that you have supplied so that someone here may grow from it and and may be able to become closer to you because of it. Father, I just pray for your guidance and for your presence this morning. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Faith. Faith. Substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. Substance or realization of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. You know, um, as Christians, and, and Brother Kevin has taught about this a whole lot over the last um, over the last several months as a matter of fact about our purpose being here is, is um, for showing God's glory to the rest of the world. That's our purpose. That's his will for our lives. If you don't have anything else that you feel like God's called you to do, I can assure you he's called you to that. You can get busy with that right now and he won't be disappointed. Now this this substance of things hoped for. Brother Kevin has also talked a lot about over the, over the years I've heard him talk about Our hope is not in this world Nothing, there's nothing in this world That can supply me with real hope The things that I put my hope in Are eternal things, heavenly things, godly things Things I haven't even seen yet That's where my hope lies And hope is what causes us to do The best we can do To be as godly as we can be. It's that hope. It's the hope. That the things that God has told and promised us. That is our faith. The substance of things hoped for. Evidence of things not seen. That's what faith is. Now. Why do we struggle with such a thing so, so much? Here we go. Verse 2. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. The elders obtained a good testimony by their faith. Why, what, is, what is going to be the purpose of the good testimony? Why is that so important? Why would God even mention that in his word about the elders and their good testimony? What are we going to use a good testimony for? What is the purpose of having a good testimony? You know, we all have a story to tell. If you don't have anything else, if you are a child of God, a born-again believer, if you don't have anything else... That you can use to, you, to tell the world about God's glory, you have your story. You have how God changed your life. You have a good testimony. And you can use that. And you can win people over with that right up till the time that they see you do stupid <laughs> and you've burnt your testimony. Right up until they see you parked. At the wrong place Right up until they see you attending that party Now you've burnt your good testimony You've done that to yourself You've burnt it with those people Now does that mean you're done? No Not by any means You're damaged But you're not done You can continue You can keep going You can keep plugging and fighting Let's keep going Because faith ain't even where we're going this morning Just wanted to hit some things Also, we can use our good testimony to remind us where we have been. To remind Nick of where he came from. Because that testimony is that story of where I was versus where I is. (laughs) You know what I mean? There There was a change to take place in there. If I'm a child of God, if I'm a born again Christian. There, there's, there's a difference, there's a point I may not know the exact date I may not can tell you the ex- exact time of day but I'm able to put my finger on a point where from here back it was this way but from here forward it was different there's that place that I can take myself and I can use my own testimony to remind me of where I came from because there's people I come in contact with and I want to look at them and go you know what They ain't got a chance. Yes, they do. You know how I know they got a chance? Because I had a chance. Because I know where I was and I know where I came from. That good testimony can be a reminder to you personally of where you came from. So that you never forget how bad you need God's grace. Because without it, we're all done. Amen. And not only do we need it for ourselves, but we need it that we may share it with others. And show them that same grace. It is also used to show others God's glory in my life. I can use that good testimony for the benefit of other people around me because nothing that God has given me is just for me. He may give it to me, but He means for me to use it to bless other people. That's the process of showing everybody else God's glory. That's what it's for every dollar He's given me, whatever, whatever it is, every talent, every ability, even the heartaches and the pains, as hard as it hurt at the time, it's meant to be a tool to show God's glory to the rest of the world. That's the purpose of it. Now how in the world, Nick, do you dig all of this out? Hang on, we're getting there. Y'all just stay with me. i got a little story to go with verse 3. Some of you have heard it. Some of you ain't never been here when I told it, so you ain't heard it. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Now, do y'all get that? Do you understand... That God formed things. If I decided to go start built, I got a good example. I like just thank you Lord. Mr. Hickman. Mr. Tom. He has the desire and the ability. To take old rusty cars. And put a little time and a little effort. And, and a few parts and a little money in them. And make them desirable automobiles. Hot rods some people call them. He does that. But now the, the key to Mr. Hickman's deal is he has to have stuff to work with. You know, if he's going to build a 69 Chevelle, he has to have some remnants of something that resembles a 60. He has to have something to do that with, right? He has to take things to make things. You understand that when God formed this earth, he didn't go down to Home Depot, Pinky, and get the materials. To make it, right? He formed this place out of nothing. He spoke it into existence. That's the impressive part of it. There was this scientist. Now once again, this ain't ain't biblical truth. It's meant to be funny. Don't, don't, okay, calm down. There was this scientist, this group of scientists, and they said, we've done it. We've figured out how God made humans. We've mastered it. We can do it. So they go before God, God, and he goes, what, we got a challenge, we can make humans just like you did, and he said, oh, really, let me see you, so that scientist, he said, we're going to make them out of dirt just like you did, he said, oh, really, he said, yeah, we got this. So one of them scientists goes over and he gets him a bucket and he scoops up dirt. And God says, oh, hang on. And they said, what? He said, use your own dirt. <laughs> Amen. So, So, you know, God made things out of things that didn't exist. When he made man out of dirt, out of the earth. dust of the earth, it was the earth. He had already created Himself. He is the Almighty. Amen? He is capable of that. We are not, as many times as we think we are, we are not capable of that. Now, I told you all that to tell you this, there is a difference in the way we do things and the way God does things. There is a difference in the way I see things and the way God sees things. There is a difference in the eyes that I look through and the eyes that God looks through. The only way, the only way that you and I, the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Impossible. The only way you and I can ever get to that point of really pleasing God is we have to be able to put on our spiritual glasses and try to see things and look at things and understand things the way that God does. Because I'm telling you, we're good justifiers. We can justify things. If, if Pinky was to run up here right now and just cold cough, bam, just bust me right in the mouth, everybody in here would be all for me getting him back. Right? Y'all would like to see, now he'd kill me, but y'all would like to see me try, is what you're saying. God has no desire for me to have any revenge. We have to be able to look at every single incident, every situation, every person, every event in our daily walk through the eyes that God sees things through. Let me show you something. Turn with me, if you would, to Isaiah 55. The only way that we'll ever understand this faith thing and, and being, able to, um, being able to rely fully on God and being able to be pleasing to God, the only way we can ever accomplish that and understand how almighty God... See, we can't even conceive being able to make stuff without the materials. When, when, when we get... This morning I got up to make breakfast, for example. I first went and got the ingredients... For that process. I went and got the frozen biscuits out of the freezer. <laughs> and I put them on the pan and turned it on. and I had to have the ingredients, right? Even if you're skilled and you're able to do that from scratch. You have to start with something, right? God is capable of starting with nothing. Now that's going to be significant. So y'all hold on to that thought. We are in Isaiah 55 verse 8. Look at what God says. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. My thoughts ain't the same as God's thoughts. My ways ain't the same as God's ways. His are better. His are higher. The way he sees things, the way he views things, the way he does things is better than the way I would and the way I have. The only way that I can ever fully be what God wants me to be is I've got to understand that because I've got to put off this selfish, fleshly self and his way of doing things and take on a whole new mindset. Because I can justify a lot of the wrong stuff that I do I can justify it and I can find at least five people to agree with me Does that make it right? Absolutely not Absolutely not That doesn't make it right at all But I can That doesn't make it okay though What I have to come to the realization of in my life Is that it doesn't matter how many people agree with me it doesn't matter how many people say, I'm justified in doing so. What matters is, is God pleased with it? Yes or no? Simple, simple question. If the answer is no, I've got to make adjustments. If the answer is yes, then I can keep trucking. A lot of times I have to make adjustments. Uh, because that selfish, selfish, selfish side of me. Now, let's go to another familiar place in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Because this right here is what it's going to take for us to get to that. These next next three things are the points that God gave me in, in explaining to me what it's going to take for me to really live by faith, to walk by faith and not by sight, in order to be pleasing to God, in order to. To understand that my ways and his ways are not the same. His thoughts and my thoughts are not the same. To know that he set things in a certain order because he knows it will work. Remember, he created things with nothing. He took nothing and spoke the material into existence. (laughs) He's the only one capable of doing that. So he's a lot smarter than I am. As hard as that is to admit some days. Romans. Chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, remember that, we're coming back there, holy, acceptable to God which is your reasonable service, here's how you do that, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I got to change the way I think. Thank you. I, I got to change the way I look at things. I, I got to quit thinking about Nick. I got to put self aside. I've got to renew my mind. I want you to look at something. A living Sacrifice. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. My sole purpose for being here is to bring glory to God. Not glory to Nick. Not drive as fancy a car as I can or have as big a house as I can or whatever, whatever, the list goes on and on. My sole purpose here is to bring glory to God. A living sacrifice. My life, I have to sacrifice my life. What we want, let me tell you our mindset. What we want is the Savior, Jesus Christ. Saved from an eternity in hell. Guaranteed a spot in heaven. So that we can praise the Lord for eternity. We're all good with that. What we don't want is the Lord, Jesus Christ. He has to be more than your Savior. He has to be your Lord. The Lord. You know, the the all in all. The, The everything in your life. The Lord over your life. When a Lord speaks, nobody questions. Whether it's what I want to do or not. You just respond. The Lord Jesus Christ and Savior. We can't have one and not take the other. We all want the Savior part. We've got to give in to the Lord part. And that means that if He tells me to get up here and do three cartwheels, you know what i got to do? Lord, help me. I'm going to need it. Three cartwheels. Without question. As silly as it may seem, when He is the Lord of your life, when He speaks to you, you just respond. You just answer. You don't spend two weeks praying and fasting over it. You go do it. When he says you got to go to Africa, if you're praying about it, you know what you're doing? Begging for permission to stay home. Because we already know he's told us to go. I mean, it's no question, right? And when he is the Lord of your life, then you will just respond. You won't spend all that time. Now, if you're unsure that God said that, then that's when you spend that time in prayer and fasting. But when you know God said it, and you hesitate, you're questioning His Lordship. When, when I'm telling Him how many bills I've got to pay, when, when I'm explaining to Him how many paychecks I'm going to miss while I'm gone, I'm questioning Him whether or not He understands. Let me assure you, He does. He does. He knows very well. He does. By the way, that's just a little glimpse into Nick's life you just got there. Sorry been there done that all right here we go next step we gotta renew our mind our mind's gotta be renewed how are we gonna do how are we gonna go through the process of training myself to think the way God thinks how am I gonna go through the process of, of killing out this flesh somebody said something yeah through the word that's right through God's word through understanding his instructions through trying to understand His ways, through going and looking up what forgiveness is when He calls on me to forgive. When He tells me to forgive somebody, He don't want me to explain to, them, to Him what they've done to me. He knows what they've done. He just wants me to forgive. Because if I start explaining to Him what they've done to me, He's going to, explain it to me, start explaining to me what I've done to Him. That's going to be a long day, by the way. You hear people say they're getting what they deserve. I don't want a no part of what I deserve. None. I don't, I don't want even a little bit of what I deserve because what I deserve is not what I have. That's mercy and grace and that's what I'm so proud that God decided to hand down. We're going to retrain our thoughts through the reading of God's word, um, through prayer and through studying um, God's thoughts so that we may somehow understand a small portion of what that's like. 1 Peter 2. First Peter chapter 2 verse 11 and 12. Here's, here's another step in that um, getting myself to the point of understanding and realizing and then pursuing the fact that my thoughts are not his thoughts. In First Peter chapter 2 verse 11. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Huh. Paul, I mean, uh, Peter said, I beg you. You see that? I beg you, please, please, whatever you do, I beg you to abstain from fleshly lusts. Stop letting the flesh win. Remember, the flesh was supposed to be dead. We're supposed to be killing the flesh on a daily basis, telling the flesh no. And that's those times when you say, you know what? I just, I'd had all I could stand and I just got in the flesh. Well, don't, don't do that. Kill out the flesh. Peter said, I beg you. I don't know of any place in the Bible that I am told that I beg you to do this. I beg you to abstain. To abstain, to completely avoid, to, to get away from the fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct... Listen, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. That when they speak against you as evildoers, when they come against you, when they try to point fingers, they look up and go, wait a minute. The only thing I see in them is God's glory. I, I can't find nothing to accuse them of. And every time they accuse, it gets shot down abstain from the fleshly lust abstain from the fleshly desires put self down that's going to be a step in the process of getting to the point of, of where God you know what really breaks my heart and I think about this often way too often probably the only thing the only thing Holding God back In my life Is me Me I am God's biggest obstacle In me being exactly what he wants me to be In me doing exactly what he wants me to do In him being able to accomplish in my life What he desires to accomplish The biggest hold up in that whole process The guy I shave with in the mirror every morning It's me if I could overcome me, I could be more of what God wants me to be. If I could overcome me, if I would quit holding God, there's no telling the blessings that God would pour out on me if I'd get out of His way. I can't get me under control. That's our problem. That, that's where we all stand. Whether you understand it or not or believe it or not, it's the truth. I am God's biggest hold up in my life. I really am. And it saddens me. I spend way too much time thinking about that. First Peter four. Seven through 11. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore be serious. And watchful In your prayers Be serious And watchful In your prayers How many of us take our prayer life seriously? How many of us spend as, as much time Listening as we do talking to God? Take it serious Take it serious and be watchful Verse 8 And above all things Look Look Now, now let me tell you When the Bible says and above all things You need need to put your radar on You need to pay attention Because when God says above all things It's time there's something coming That you need to hear Alright Above all things If you forget everything else I've said this morning Above all things Have fervent Love For one another You know why? For love will cover a multitude of sins. Above everything else. If you get nothing else, get that. Be hospitable to one another. Look at that next part of that verse. Boy, that hurts your feelings, don't it? Because see, I can be hospitable. I, I, I can do. I, I can. I enjoy it. Sometimes. When it's convenient to me. Right? Y'all acting like I'm the only one, but I know better. See, I I don't mind taking that out there to old such and such. I know they have it all the way out there, griping and grumbling. The Bible says don't do that. Look, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Do it because it is your desire to please God. Do it because it is your desire to do it. (laughs) To do it. Verse ten: As each one has received a gift, minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Manifold grace of God. Does anybody know what a manifold is? They have they have water manifolds on cars. You have um, and equipment. You have intake manifolds. You have um, you have all kinds of you know different kinds of in houses. They now they have a water manifold where. Where, you know, where they used to run a pipe from one end. They run everything to a manifold and then it comes off it. Y'all know the purpose of a manifold is? And then do what? It comes in as one. That's right. And then it's sent to where it belongs. It's where everything is brought in as one. And then it's split and divided and sent to where it's supposed to go. That's manifold. The manifold grace of God. You know what your purpose in that is, is to receive God's grace and then divide it to the different places that it's supposed to go, not to sit there and hold it all. The only way you got to where you are today is through the grace of God, whether you know it or not. It is your job to continue to show that same grace. To the people that you encounter on a daily basis. Y'all, it's that simple. Boy, we're hard-headed. We don't get it. We, we We don't understand. Grace. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. That in all things, that in all things, that in all things, God may be glorified. That in all things, God may be glorified. If you open your mouth, make sure the words that come out are words that God has ordained to come out. If you are going to do something and take an action, make sure it's pleasing to God. So that in all things, God may be glorified. Is that simple? That's easy stuff, ain't it? All you got to do is walk through your daily life making sure every step you take glorifies God. That's all all there is to it. Well, that's easy to talk about. But that's a tough road to hoe, ain't it? It's hard. You know why? Because there's people that that Satan is using just as there are people that God is using and he places them in the way. And I've told you all before, I'm convinced that I know personally no people who their only purpose in this world is so that I can encounter them, and God can see where I stand with Him. I believe that those people exist. as uh, far as I can see, that's all they're good for. <laughs> now that ain't nice. <laughs> and that ain't right, and that ain't the way to look at it, but I'm telling you, those people really are those people really do live they really do exist. They they, they are there so that when I encounter them, I can show God and God can show me where I stand with Him. Because the way I handle that person, according to Scripture, Jesus said, whatever you do to the least of one of these, you done also unto me. Amen? Amen? Boy, if I could get that tattooed on the inside of my eyelids, so every time I blink I could be reminded that whatever I do to the least of one of these, I'm doing to Jesus I'd probably treat some folks a little different I'd probably remember that you know what they need as much grace as you do you hoarding up all the grace brother Nick you ain't sending none out all you doing is taking it in you being selfish we've got to get to that mindset y'all we've got to get there we have to and in closing and I'm only going to say that once (laughs) That, that, That God may be glorified through Jesus Christ To whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever, amen To whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever How long have I got to go about this, Brother Eddie? How long have I got to make sure that the things I do and say bring glory to God's name? Forever and forever. forever, and forever amen. From now on, there ain't no end in sight. It's, it's got to become a... This, I'm not talking about making a change that, that changes your outlook on things for a week or two. I'm talking about an eternal change. A change that takes place and you never go back to the other way. That everything I do and everything I say, that I'm careful in the advice that I give, that I'm careful in the words that I use, that I'm careful in the things that I do, the places I go, that I'm so careful that everything about me brings glory to God. Am I there? Absolutely not. I'm not telling you I've made it. This isn't a celebration of the finish line that I've reached. I'm not there. But I'm striving to get there. And I'm working to get there. And I'm not satisfied with where I am today. We get satisfied. We, get, we, we put all our energy into other stuff. I talked to a fella this week. And um, he and I had a, had a pretty good in-depth conversation. And one of the things, statements that he made was that how it saddens him at how much emphasis, how much energy, and how much pushing we do into sports Now he said I, sports are not evil I do not think in any way that sports are evil But if we would train as hard for eternal things As we do for worldly things How much better a place would this be? If we pushed our kids You know they taking kids these days And putting a ball bat in their hand And a glove on their hand And a needle in them And working their rear ends off and making them go to ball. They play summer ball, winter ball, fall ball, spring ball. They play all year round. They play five, six, seven days a week to be the best they can be to achieve what? To get a trophy that's going to burn one day. To get their name in a book or on a billboard somewhere for what? If we put that much emphasis, if we would just spend that much time telling them about Jesus Christ, telling them how much God loved them, do you realize what a difference it would make in the world that we live in? Huh? Are you kidding me? Do you know how many people? I'm getting on my soapbox now. How many people? I asked y'all earlier what's special about today, and I'm thankful none of y'all know that it's Super Sunday. Super Bowl is on, ain't it, Carson? Do you know, do you have any clue how many dollar bills will be won and lost? Not even, I ain't even talking about the score of the game. This, this, this just woke me up this week when I heard this. The thing that they're betting on, <laughs> more than anything, this is, y'all, I'm talking about millions of dollars will swap hands today. Over how many, the, 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 <laughs> get you. how many times they will show Peyton Manning's face. That's the bet. That, they've got it broke down. You can bet on how many times you'll see his face before kickoff. How many times before the end of the first quarter. How many times before the first half. How many times before Eli throws a touchdown. How many times and so forth and so on. Boy, if we could just take the money that will be spent on something so ridiculous today and apply that towards furthering God's Word, towards helping people that really are dying of curable diseases, towards feeding children that really are starving. I know it's hard for you and I to conceive, but every day there are children who are dying of starvation there are children in this world that live in dumps because that's the closest source of food there is what a difference we could make in this world if we would take a portion of the dollars that we waste if we would get our mindset focused on the fact that everything here is temporary and the things of eternity are all that matter, if we could think the thoughts that God thinks, if we could look at people with the same compassion that Jesus looked on them with, we would live in a world that is so much more tolerable than the one we live in today. Now you and I can't go out here and take the money away from these people that have it to bed. It's their money they can do what they want to with. But you know who I can change? (laughs) That same guy, Eddie, that I shave with in the mirror. That's who I'm responsible for and that's all I'm asking you to do is take responsibility for you. You know what? Every person you encounter this week is not working on renewing their mind. They shouldn't change the fact that you are. You got to get busy being responsible for you.